Canto 7, Chapter 14 The Supreme of the Householder's Life Sri Yurishthira said, Can you please explain to me how householders, grihastas, like me, not conversant with the goal of life, also easily may achieve this position of liberation in accord with the scriptures, O Devarishi? Narada Muni said, O king, someone who maintains a household should in direct association with great devotees or sages be of service by, according to their instructions, dedicating his activities unto Vasudeva, the Avatara. When one, at the appropriate time, in good association being surrounded by persons of peace, repeatedly listens to the nectar of the narrations about the Lord's Avataras, one will gradually see the bonds slackened of the association with one's wife and children like one awakens from a dream. As far as is needed, endeavouring for the maintenance of one's body and family, one should, in this matter, being free from attachment but fully committed, contemplate one's humanity in this human society. Without being selfish, one should try to have peace with, sympathize with, or even be pleased with whatever one's relatives, parents, children, brothers, friends and others might say or wish. The intelligent person, thereto, has to utilize everything that was created by the infallible one or what one obtained oneself, everything produced by heaven, earth or in between. The stomach one may fill as much as is needed and not more, because claiming more than one is entitled to makes one a thief deserving punishment. Deer, camels, asses, monkeys, mice, snakes, birds and flies one should in this respect consider as one's children. How little difference is there between these animals and children? On the threefold path of Dharma, Artha and Kama, not being too zealous, not engaging in Ugra karma or harmful actions, a person, according to time and circumstance, should aspire for only as much as the grace of God would provide. Up to the dog, the fallen soul and the outcast, one should distribute what is needed. Even one's wife, so close to one's heart, should be shared so that she can be there as a mother for all the people, for instance, for one's guests. One may give up the claim of owning one's wife or husband, a notion for which one was prepared to kill oneself or others or abandon one's parents or spiritual master, for doing so, one can conquer him who cannot be conquered but by sacrifice. What is the value of the attachment to this insignificant vehicle of time that is doomed to be eaten by the insects to turn into stool or into ashes? What is the value of being attracted to the body of one's wife compared to the value of one's attraction for the soul that is as all-pervading as the eater? That what the Lord provides, that what one acquires through one's sacrifices, one should consider the means of one's livelihood. They who are wise ultimately give up, for the sake of the soul, all their claims of proprietorship. It is not about acquiring possessions, it is about achieving the position of the great souls. 
with the means one naturally acquired with one's dutiful engagements, one must, next to the daily sacrifices for the gods, the sages, for mankind, all other living beings, the forefathers and for oneself, separately be of worship for the original person present in everyone's heart. The moment one as a householder has everything under control, including oneself, one should, with sacrifices in the fire according to the regulations as laid down in the scriptures, be of worship with all the means available for pleasing the Lord. O King, the Supreme Lord, the enjoyer of all sacrifices, is not worshipped by the offerings of ghee in the mouth of the fire as much as he is by offerings to him through the mouths of the scholars. Be therefore, according to your ability, of worship for the knower of the field, the Lord, by offering all that is desired, first of all, to the Brahminical demigods, and then to all the ordinary human beings and the other living entities. During, for instance, the dark fortnight of the month Ashvina, the twice-born souls with sufficient wealth should offer oblations to the forefathers, as also make offerings to their relatives during the month Bhadra, if they can afford it. One is also advised to perform one's ceremonies at the solstices, when the sun moves through the south and north, or when it enters Aries or Capricorn during the equinoxes, in the yoga conjunction of the sun and the moon named Vyatipata, on the days covering three lunar days, Titis, and on days of solar and lunar eclipses, and on the twelfth lunar day, and when the moon passes the constellation Nakshatra of Shravana. Also suitable for the Shraddha ceremony is the day of Akshaya Tritiya, the ninth lunar day of the bright fortnight of the month Kartika, the four Ashtakas, the eight days in the winter season and cool season, the seventh lunar day of the bright fortnight of the month of Maga, the day of a conjunction of Maga Nakshatra and the waxing moon, on the days when the moon is completely full or not completely full, when they coincide with the nakshatras from which the names of certain months are derived, on every twelfth lunar day in conjunction with any of the nakshatras named Anuradha, Shravana, Uttara Falguni, Uttara Shada or Uttara Bhadrapada, on the eleventh lunar day that is in conjunction with either Uttara Falguni, Uttara Shada or Uttara Bhadrapada, and on days in conjunction with one's own birth star, or the Shravana Nakshatra. It is by these auspicious times of being regular to natural occurrences that the fate of human beings is improved. For the human being, during all seasons to have auspiciousness, success and longevity, one therefore on those days must perform all kinds of ceremonies. At all these natural times, taking a holy bath, doing japa, the Vedic rosary, performing fire sacrifices and keeping two vows constitutes a permanent benefit with whatever that is given in respect of the Supreme Lord, the twice-born souls managing the deities, the forefathers, the godly souls, the human beings in general and all other living beings. O King, the purification rituals, which serve the interest of having days with the wife, the children and oneself, 
has also served the interest of having funerals, memorial days and days for doing fruitful labor, must be performed at the natural times relative to the sun and moon meant for them. Let me now describe the places suitable for religious practices. The place most conducive to the sacred purpose is one where a follower of truth is available, the hermitage of a saint, a Vaishnava, a guru, a place, a temple where an image, a representative form is available of the Supreme Lord of all the moving and non-moving entities in this universe, or a place, a school, an ashrama, where an association of Brahmins is found endowed with education, penance and mercy. Every place where the form of the Supreme Lord is worshipped is an all-auspicious refuge, especially in combination with a river like the Ganges or one of the other famous rivers that are mentioned in the Puranas. Lakes as Pushkara and celebrated places that harbor the saints like Kurukshetra, Gaya, Prayag and Pulaha Ashrama, Namisharanya, Falgunam, Setubanda, Prabhasa, Dwaraka, Benares, Mathura, Pampa, Bindusaruvar, Badarikashrama, Nanda, the places of Sita Devi and Lord Rama like Chitrakuta and O King, all hillsides such as Mahendra and Malaya, all belong to the holiest places. These places and all the places where the Lord and his deities are worshipped should by someone who desires the auspiciousness time and again be visited because the religious activities performed there are a thousand times more effective. O controller of the earth, the Supreme Lord, in whom all that moves and not moves in this universe rests, is the only person in the world worthy to receive the honor. This is the conclusion of all scholars expert in determining to whom one should make one's offering. The sons of Brahma, as also others faithful to the truth, present at Yudhishthira's Rajasuya sacrifice, O king, decided that from the most venerable saintly personalities of God, the infallible one, Krishna, was to be selected as the best one, as the first one among them to be worshipped. Countless souls populate the entire universe that is like a giant tree, and because he is the root of that tree, the worship of the infallible one will satisfy all living entities. In other words, the entire tree is satisfied by watering the root. He, as the original person, the Purusha, lies down among their created beings in the form of their life principle. Men, the saints, the gods and the other living beings whom he gave a place to live in the form of a body are his residential places. O King, the Lord is present in them in different degrees, so that a person is eligible for being honored as far as the quality of the soul in the sense of understanding and penance and such is manifest. When the scholars saw how, since Treta Yuga, there was mutual disrespect in human society, O King, they introduced deities of the Lord in order to exercise respect. Since then one worships with great faith and all requirements the deity of the Lord, even though that reverence yields no results, when shown in combination with contempt of the person of one's fellow man, for only loving the person will do so.
O best of kings, know that the Brahmin is the most worthy person of all people to receive the grace, for he embodies with his austerity, education and satisfaction the Vedic knowledge of Hari, the Supreme Personality. The Brahmins are, in the eyes of him, Lord Krishna, who is the life and soul of the universe, O King, the most important and worshipable persons, for they sanctify by the dust, the grace of their feet, all the three worlds. <laughs> 